Is it June yet? A storied CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. <laughs> 6.30 chance. This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 6.30 chance. Burris takes a drop, looks, throws, man open. This will be a touchdown for the Red Blacks. Burris waits for the snap, takes a deep drop, pressure's coming. Burris gets it away, but it goes incomplete. Or do the Eskimos have it? It bounces up in the air, and J.C. Sherritt has it. Did that hit the turf? Sherritt, struggling, gets to the end zone. The ruling on the field is confirmed by replay. We have a touchdown. Touchdown Eskimos. Burris drops back, waits, looks, runs a bit, then throws, and that's a touchdown for Ottawa. Williams makes the reception. Riley starts the motion. Takes the drop, waits, throws, and he's going downfield, and it's intercepted. It's picked off at the 40-yard line by Robinson. He'll come back the other way across the 50, the 45, the 40, the 30. He'll cut to the outside now and gets hauled down by Darrell Walker. Ball is up, and it is through. And with a minute and 31 seconds to go, the Ottawa Red Blacks have a 23-20 lead. The ball goes to Riley. He'll drop back and throw, and he's going deep down the field, and it will be incomplete. Third loss in a row, fourth loss of the season. Six games into the 2016 season, the Eskimos are 2-4. and four. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Eskimos show. Blake Dermott is uh, on hold. We will get to him momentarily. Uh, but first, the news of the day from the Eskimos today, who, by the way, canceled practice. No practice today. It's a short week. I think the coach chose... Uh, meeting time and video time over practice time and give the guys some uh, some rest for their weary bodies after what was an extremely physical football game Saturday in Ottawa. Here's the news of the day from the Eskimos. GM Ed Hervey certainly didn't take the day off. He practiced uh, his craft today. How about this? Signed two defensive backs to the practice roster. Uh, Brandon Thompson, who spent the last couple of years with the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, did not sign with them uh, this year as he became a free agent and was waiting for the phone to ring. It rang today. Also signing Demetrius Wright, who was in Winnipeg last year, I believe, and with the Calgary Stampeders for training camp this year before he was released. Uh, released by the Eskimos today, defensive back Dion Ballou. And also today, another trade was made between the Eskimos and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think that Ed Hervey still talks to Chris Jones every day, even though they, they're not working for the same team anymore. The Eskimos today sent defensive tackle Greg Alexander uh, to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and in return get Alex Ogbong-Bamiya. Uh, he's a defensive, uh, or he's a linebacker, and uh, a third-round draft pick of the Riders this past year. He's played in one game so far this year. I'm going to take another crack at it. Alex Ogbong-Bamiya. So there you go, a linebacker acquired today by the Eskimos. So uh, they're starting to make some moves, and I guess, as we say, good evening to Blake Dermott. Hey, Blake. Hi, Morley. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's already working smoother tonight than it did last week, so this is great. Uh, I, I guess it's no surprise that Ed Hervey's gone to work and started to make some player moves. We don't know what the roster, how this will affect the roster for this week or not, but uh, you've lost three in a row. Your defense got a little bit better on Saturday, but still not playing the way you want it to play. Obviously, changes have to come. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I've 
mentioned that over the last uh, couple of weeks that uh, I think is, as the NFL cuts start to uh, get closer, there's going to be some new faces coming into the uh, into the uh, Eskimos locker room. And, and, it's, and it isn't, you know, whenever you are two and four, whenever you are not, uh, we used to see guys come in when we were, you know, uh, had winning records or were, you know, eight and two, you're going to see guys. You're just going to see more bodies coming in because obviously four and two is not good enough. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not a good thing. Uh, it's going to put guys back under the training camp sort of microscope. And some of the guys will survive and some won't. That's the nature of the business. And, uh, uh, but, again, at 4-2, and two, you are nowhere good enough to be, uh, to be thinking about a great cup. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's obviously things that have to get fixed. They've lost three games in a row uh, with two wins. That puts them uh, five points back of Calgary for first place and only two points up of Saskatchewan for last place. So when you're closer to last than you are to first, you have to have to get your game going somehow. And there's a chance they can do it because they have – uh, to, to a certain degree on the team, Blake, so a championship pedigree with some players, but there's a lot of new players still on the team that are learning new systems, learning a new game, but the time for learning is over. I mean, you're a third of the way into the season. They've got to start seeing some results this week against Montreal. Well, uh, the other thing, too, is uh, when you, you, a good point that you mentioned about there's signs that they're not that far off. When you, you, know, you remember, they lost twice to the number one team in the East, and they lost twice to him by a last-second field goal in, in a very close, hard-fought game at this last one that came down to, you know, basically who had the ball last. So, so they're not that far off, but you can't, you know, you can't keep losing those kinds of games and expect positive things to happen for you. And you're running out of time. Uh, I know it's only one-third of the way through the season, but if the Eskimos were to come up to even to win, you know, 12 wins this year, they've got to win their next 10 of their last 12, which is pretty tough to do. That's kind of like the, the run that they went on last year. And I'm not sure that this team is close to that team from last year. So, so they they have to they have to do some reevaluating from management to, down to players looking at themselves in the mirror and and figuring out what you know what they can do to be better. Because uh, as I said a number of times, they're just you know you're not a good enough team. To I think maybe what's happened is and there's probably a natural sort of a feeling for some of the guys to say you know you know you get into a game and you you start slow and say don't worry we're good enough we're going to come back we're going to come back and. And then you don't then you don't come back the one time, and then all of a sudden you don't come back the second time, and now doubts start to come into your head and to lose three games in a row. This hasn't happened to this franchise for a while. Uh, better, but obviously not good enough on Saturday. Do you think Saturday was the kind of a game where they did take steps forward? I, I guess especially we have to talk about the defense that way. They looked better, but they still weren't where they have to be. Well, I think that they were when they played Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, they uh, they were pretty good too. I mean, they only gave up 20 points. Uh, and then this last game, they they were pretty good. This game, but but it seems like the good teams are good when they need to be good. And when they needed to stop, make get a stop in Ottawa in the last drive, they they weren't able to do it. And let's let's be honest, this offense of the Eskimos, which has been highly touted this year by everybody around the league, you know, with with the the passing game and the receivers and. And all of that stuff is, is now when you, when you look at you were down your number one center, you're down your number one left guard because he's now moved to center, you're down, uh, you're, you're, and then, then you've got a, a third string guy in playing guard. Uh, they're a beat up group up front, and uh, this, this five days between games isn't going to make it any easier for them. So, so they, you know, they, there's some things that if, if I was Toronto, which is a team that has a pretty darn good defense, but not a great offense. I would be, you know, Kevin Glenn licking my chops coming into this game thinking I can see what I can do against this defense because they, they seem to have gotten taken a step last week, but they, as I mentioned, they took a step a few weeks ago and then it went backwards for a couple.
Defensively, as we mentioned, maybe taking that step. But I'm, it's, it's a mystery to me about the offense. I guess the offensive line means a lot more than people realize about how much production you can get and how well you play offensively. But the weapons are there. The pieces are in place. And since it was 31-6 uh, to over Hamilton in the third quarter, I think they've only scored two touchdowns, the o- offense, since that point. And that's three games ago. Yeah, it's it's really been uh, difficult for them to figure that part of the game out, you know. And I think a little bit living on their early season laurels because, you know, you mentioned about the offensive line being as important. Uh, they they are, you know, hell. I I mean, I was one of those guys, so I, I got a pretty uh, biased opinion of it. But if you don't have an offensive line, you don't have a passing game. You don't have a running game. Right now, the Eskimos' running game is not that great, but I think that's more by choice than by, by actuality because they choose not to give the ball in the run to enough, uh, enough times to White. So I think every time when you look at White's numbers, um, average-wise, he's not doing that bad. They just, he just doesn't get the touches. They feel that he's a good blocker, and they feel that he catches the ball out of the backfield. I mean, I think he was, he was the number, third, uh, number three receiver, number four receiver for the Eskimos uh, going into this game. So he's, he's, he's very good out of the, uh, out of the backfield. But but, you know, that, uh, that offensive line is the glue for this offense. And, and this last uh, week and, and the last two weeks, when they've lost two of those games, we've, they've had major changes to that, that offensive line. And they haven't seen those kind of changes to the offensive line since. Uh, we still don't know the situation with uh, with Chris Greaves and if it's an injury situation or if it's a bad injury situation. But, uh, you know, he was in because of an injury already. Uh, now if he's hurt, that brought David Beard in. And I think at that point, uh, that's when... Ottawa really started to take advantage of the Eskimos' offensive line, um, and maybe it brings up the case, and I know you and I were talking earlier today, and is there a chance maybe that they have to look at, well, they're in this injury situation of playing three American offensive linemen? Yeah, if, if that's in fact the case, then uh, I, I would think their only other option right now, and we were, you know, Figueroa is the only other guy that I think, and then, then we were going through the numbers of who they would take out and who, who they would you know how they could handle this uh, the American ratio, and it seems like they could be able to handle that that change. But that might be the case if they don't feel confidence, especially in you know uh, Beard's ability. If he's the guy, the next guy is, is his his ability to uh, to be able to make any kind of adjustments with only one practice day. And keep in mind, over the last couple of weeks, O'Donnell hasn't practiced for uh, uh, until the second or third day. So he's he's now at a point where he wouldn't be practicing tomorrow anyways because of his he's been banged up. So yeah. They're in a situation from at the beginning of the season having a glut of offensive linemen. Where everybody said that's one of the deepest teams in the league. To now they're looking at each other, going, "Wow, we don't have much left." And uh, and that that could be sort of the whole. You know, when you look at the center microscope with the Eskimos this year. Last year we used to talk about this that they had so much depth in every position. When somebody went down, somebody stepped up, and there was no step back. This year, when somebody goes down. They've been having a difficult time finding that 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 right mix of person to fill in. And now That's on the offensive between last year and this year. Now on the offensive line, they're getting to the point where there's more than one guy going down, and so now you're getting two, three, four deep on, into your into your depth situation. And and every team has that situation. If if that happens, you're you're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, absolutely, I think that's. That's a, a, a real unlucky situation for them, and when, especially when that part of the uh, part of the team is is so important for cohesiveness and and to be able to to be able to move the ball. And I, you know, when you look back in the last two games, the games that uh, the offense has, has looked like it struggled at times and 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 had big trouble, it's when their offensive line has not been uh, has not been healthy. 
We're talking with Blake Dermott, our football analyst on the Eskimo show tonight. Uh, still to come, we're going to hear from Eskimo quarterback Mike Riley, uh, also from uh, Darrell Walker and from El Mundo Sewell as well tonight on the Eskimo show. Uh, Blake, all that being said, Montreal, even for the situation the Eskimos are in, Montreal also 2-4, and four, but very much a winnable game for the Eskimos on Thursday night. Yeah, well, we've been saying that about uh, there's been a couple of other teams that we said that about with the Eskimos. You know, they've got they're so two is and four, and they've let at least two winnable games go. And uh, Montreal coming into Edmonton now, there's a couple things that uh, that are going to be in Edmonton's favor. Uh, obviously, the, the short week isn't going to be, but when when you're playing the, even at seven o'clock, I mean that the clock that the the, the guys from Montreal are playing it, it, it throws the one thing that athletes have is an, an internal clock that. Uh, Tells them what, what's the best time to compete and the best time to, to you know have good performances. And when you see guys having to play really early in the day from Western guys from the West going east, or vice versa with Eastern guys coming west, and they got to play extremely later at night, you know, seven o'clock start is a nine o'clock start. That can throw off their, their internal clocks, and so that could that could level the playing field for the Eskimos uh, with Montreal. But the other thing is the Eskimos going into this game is. The Eskimos are going into this game with with a feeling of you know there's got to be some sort of doubt or or at least a fear that man we can't afford to lose another game which is something that could affect their their mental performance because I mean you got to be going in there clear and and with a clear mind and a level head and just and and only concentrate on what's going on now not what's happened in the past three weeks. Think of Montreal on the other hand, which is a completely different situation for those guys. These are guys that. I don't think anybody expected much more than this. So coming into this game, there's not the pressure on them. They got and they got the big, big eyes, and and they're playing against the defending champions. And we're going to play better, and we're going to do all those things. They've got motivation on their side to play better. So, so this is going to be a very interesting matchup. It's a game that the Eskimos could win, the Eskimos should win, but Montreal is going to have a lot to say about whether or not they will win. Yeah, you still have to go out and play the game. You still have to go out and do what you do best. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Mike Riley uh, about uh, the short week and about the preparation for the game and, and a little bit about uh, what happened on Saturday in Ottawa. Man, that was a physical game on Saturday, was it not? Yeah, you know, when you've got five uh, roughing the passing penalty, passer penalties, and, and I'll be honest with you, Morley, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of defensive linemen, never have been, but... <laughs> but I, I have a, you know, when, when you see the rule changes that these guys have to deal with, and, and the, the game, the CFL game has become a much more offensive tilted game. And they, you, you go by a quarterback and you touch him late, it's, it's a penalty. You, you know, and I, I feel for, the, especially the low hits, and I understand they want to protect the quarterbacks, I really do, but there are times when, when you, you're being thrown into the quarterback and you hit his legs or, you know, and, and, and yeah, you want to protect him, but, but that, I would say that half of those instances are not the defensive guy's fault. But there are times, like when Munoz came in and jumped up in the air, left the ground, and, and targeted Riley's head. And, and I know he didn't hit him. He hit him hard enough that he cut his, his forehead and maybe the bridge of his nose. But, but those kinds of attacks on the head should be more than a 15-yard penalty. I, I think those things should be an automatic ejection. When you leave your feet in hockey to hit a guy from the behind against the boards, you're gone. There's no question. Yep. When you leave the feet, your feet in football and attack and target the head, you should not be playing for the rest of that game and you should be fined. And, and uh, those are the kinds of things that, that, uh, that really upset me. Um, but then, you know, when you think about it, too, is that you, you want to stop getting the quarterback hit, you've got to block better. And, uh, and they didn't, there, were, there were a couple instances where, there were offensive linemen from the Eskimos got beat on either 
there was one instance where McDon- uh, Mc- uh, O'Donnell got, didn't get come off on a twist, and I think that was when Munoz came in and hit Riley. There was a couple instances where I think it was uh, Zach Evans got uh, got by uh, uh, David Beard and and hit Riley. So so those are those are instances where they could have the Eskimos could have controlled that. But it's the ones where you know when they target a quarterback, those are the guys. Those are the ones that have to be uh, that have to be assessed a, a harsher penalty. All right, last one for you tonight, uh, Blake. Uh, give me your thoughts on giving the guys uh, the day off the field today. They obviously worked today. They were they were in meetings and they were watching video. But uh, Jason Moss didn't put them on the field today. Short week. They've had two short weeks in the last three weeks after a very physical game. Uh, two physical games in that stretch too. When you go back to Hamilton, uh, what's your thoughts on on not being on the field today? Well, you know, when we when we talked about uh, this earlier in the day, I, I was under the impression that they weren't going to be on the field, and I was just I was flabbergasted. I'm going, what? You know, they, you know, there's there's uh, if if they were in meetings, if they were going th- uh, through discussions, if, and I'm 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 hoping and assuming that they did walk through at some point where I mean, at least when we had short periods in the week, we we at least did mental things. You know, there were things that so much of this game. And especially when, you know, by the time guys make it to pro, their technique doesn't change a ton. I mean, it, you probably may have over a course of a, a long career, you may have an increase in your technique by maybe 5%, 10%. And you just ask somebody like Milt Stiegel about something like that. So, so what becomes the biggest part of this game is how you handle the mental speed. And so if they're having a, a opportunities to, to uh, go do mental walkthroughs or physical walkthroughs and do mental preparation, then that's that. That's at least important because you you have to rest the guys when it's that short a period of time. Um, but boy, if they if they were given you know the 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 door the day off, I would have said, wow, this is uh, this is something that really concerns me. But uh, I'm sure that they did some kind of walkthrough, and I and uh, had they if they did that, then then I'm okay with what they did today because the the physical part is the thing that they're they're most concerned about at this stage of the game. Yeah, my my guess is they did do some sort of walkthrough. They just didn't want anyone there to ask questions about it after, which is well, which is fine. That's that's their prerogative. That's that's not an issue for me at all. So uh, yeah, I, I I would guess they probably did. They sometimes get out on the balcony uh, out there outside their meeting rooms or or uh, head to the field house or whatever the case may be. But uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll see them tomorrow and we'll see what kind of positions guys are lining up in and everything like that. Blake, thanks for your time tonight. appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you, uh, if not before then, we'll see you Thursday night at Commonwealth. Well, I, I, I should be there tomorrow, Morley. All right, we'll see you then. Okay, thanks All right, thanks very much. That's uh, Blake Dermott coming up next on the Eskimo Show. It's El Mundo Sewell. It's 824. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. Uh, after the news at 8.30, we'll hear from Eskimo quarterback Mike Riley. But right now, let's uh, hear from Almondo Sewell, who I talked to uh, earlier today. Sewell with a pretty decent game defensively for the Eskimos. He had a quarterback sack, his fourth of the year, and four defensive tackles. Almondo, uh, give me your take on what happened Saturday night in Ottawa. You know, the game just got away from got away from us, you know. It's a game that we felt like we should have won, but, you know, anything that happened in CFL, we let that one go. Uh, is uh, there a bright spot in the fact that you guys have lost three in a row, but in, in all the losses you've had this year, you've been right there at the end of the game. Uh, you've been within a touchdown. It's been really close. You just haven't been able to, to get what you need a lot of nights when you need it. Exactly. You know, we got to capitalize on those things, too. You know, we had a couple turnovers during the games. I mean, we should have had before halftime. But, you know, you know those little things like little, – just little tiny little things like that where you think they don't really mean much. But when you really look back at it, it was two forced fumbles just before we went out to half. Marcus had one, Odell had one. Wish we would have had a chance to, you know, jump on one of them. At least got a field goal. I wouldn't be sitting here talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense seemed to really step up 
in the game on Saturday. Uh, are you, do you do you think that it was uh, uh, maybe your best all-round game of the year? No, not really, because when we actually went back and looked, I mean, I looked at it already, you know. There's a couple guys running downfield, and they were actually, like, wide open downfield, and Ellison dropped, what, two touchdowns, I think it was, if not one. You know, we can't, we still can't be doing that, but at the same point, too, we did get a lot better than we were before. But at the same point, too, you know, we we need to win games. Yeah. Um, did you do anything different? Was it just a, a different approach, uh, just buckling down to going into that game? Yeah, it's always a different approach, you know, especially when you're losing your back against the wall. You know, you can't really take anything right. You got to go out there and go right away. Because, you know, hey, it's either you're not going to win, you're not going to do your job. Somebody else will be in here real fast. We'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys go into this game Thursday night, uh, still searching for that elusive 60-minute effort. It just seems that when the offense is playing well, the defense isn't there. When the defense is playing well, the offense seems to struggle a little bit. It's 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 hard to get everybody on the same page, it seems, this year. Man, it, it seems like that. But, you know, it's all play on the defense side of the ball. We don't have to worry about what we have to do over here. All the rest of the stuff, I mean, you have to ask somebody else about that. But for us, I know we need to play a, we need to play a lot better. How's your, body, sure how's your body feeling? A very physical football game, it seemed, on Saturday. Uh, I'm good. You know, I'm always, I always take care of my body anyway, so I'm always feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, short weeks are tough, though, right? Yeah, short weeks are always tough, you know, but you just got to get over that first day of hump, <laughs> and then after that one, you know, it's back to normal feeling. <laughs> uh, you got the Alouettes on Thursday night, a team that hasn't scored a lot this year, but have certainly have some weapons and some guys some guys playing well, especially in the receiving core. Yeah, I mean, uh, what is it? They, I think they just beat, what, Sasla not too long ago? Yep. Yeah, I mean, they, they scored a lot of points then. So we just have to be careful, you know. We, we know coming in, they got a lot of really good receivers over there, and they have a, like, a really good offense. So, you know, we have to come in, you know, um, you know, do actual watching tape on them and, you know, get ready for it. All right, Elmondo, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks very much. This is the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. 23-20, Eskimos lose in Ottawa on Saturday night. Third straight loss. They dropped to 2-4 and four on the season. Right back at it on Thursday night, a short week for the Eskimos. They'll play Thursday night at home to the Montreal Alouettes. 7 o'clock kickoff, uh, 5.30 for the pregame show here on 6.30. Ched, you can uh, be there as well. All the ticket information you need is on the Eskimos website. Uh, it's retro night. Lots going on around that retro night coming up at the uh, Coors Light Fan Fest. Uh, they'll have all sorts of stuff before the game. Halftime. How about halftime? 54-40. Remember them? 54-40 will perform. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Uh, plus the Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes all uh, on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium Thursday night. Uh, Eskimos uh, website for ticket information. Uh, you can hear the game right here on 630 Ched 530 for the Challenge Insurance Group pregame show. All right, let's uh, bring an Eskimo quarterback Mike Riley now, who uh, took a bit of a pounding on uh, Saturday in Ottawa. So the first question uh, for you, Mike, uh, how are you feeling after taking a lot of hits on Saturday night? Yeah, I'm fine. Um, you know, obviously a little bit sore, just same as it would be after any game. But, um, you know, we got a short week, so not a lot of time. Got to try to get healthy and recuperated and ready to go uh, for a game here at home. Was that game uh, on the field as physical as, uh, as it looked from the press box? Uh, it looked like one of the more physical ones you guys have been involved in for a while. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought they certainly played physical, and I thought our team did as well. It was a slugfest. I said it was going to be that way before the game. We we knew that. We understood that going in. Um, you know, and, and that's how, honestly, a lot of the games are going to be this season. You know, there's teams are, are evenly matched, and it just comes down to, you know, executing the little details and trying to play more physical than the other team. And Obviously, we, we didn't do as well as we wanted to, and, and they out-physicaled us in certain areas, but, um, you know, that, that didn't come as any surprise, really. I mean, uh, I was expecting that prior to the game starting. Uh, some of the hits you took uh, came late, came after the whistle, were flagged. I think there was four roughing the passer calls. What's your frustration level at that? Because obviously those hits do damage and did do some damage with the cut you received on the on the Munoz hit. Um, what's your approach to that? It almost looked like uh, that they were really attacking you on that game. Well, I mean, yeah, again, it was it was a physical game. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the refs and the league do a good job of trying to protect the quarterbacks, and those those flags are you know doing what they're supposed to do, trying to prevent that type of stuff. Um, you know, but those things happen in the pocket. You know, as I said before, when you're standing back there, uh, the defense's job is to try to get through and put pressure on the quarterback and make life difficult. And and you know, you're prepared for that. And those hits are are part of the game of football. Um, you know, I've I've never really concerned myself too much with that type of stuff. It's going to happen. Um, you know, you just you try not to worry about it and, and try not to let it affect your play because that's that's the biggest thing. If you let it affect your play and and you're not willing to stand in there, um, you know, then they've done their job defensively. So, again, those those hits happen. Um, I don't worry about those things. The the refs worry about that and they throw the flags when they when they feel like they need to. Um, you know, the thing I'm worried about is just trying to execute better so that we can put some more points on the board and, and find a way to come away with a win. Uh, you obviously want to make some corrections and, and get that execution better. How difficult is it on a short week? Uh, practice canceled today. Uh, obviously not the work wasn't canceled. I know you guys probably used your time, could use your time better more in the classroom and watching video. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, we have our schedules a little bit funky this year. We have quite a few of these weeks where, you know, it's a really short week. We have a lot of Saturday games followed by Thursday games, and that presents a challenge. There's no doubt about it, especially when the Saturday game's on the road. You know, we get in at 3 or 4 in the morning on Sunday. It's There's not a lot of time, um, especially after a physical game like that, to try to get, uh, you know, your body rested and, and ready to go so that you can play at your best performance on Thursday. But, uh, you know, our coaches are doing a good job of, of trying to make sure that they get us rested but also use our time wisely and, um, you know, been in the, in the office the last couple of days and put a long day or a long night in last night. That'll be the same today. Uh, trying to get the mental part of everything prepared so that when we do get out there on the field, we can we can use our time as best as we can. You know, but again, it is short. Uh, you know, one one day of real work on the field uh, is not a lot of time, so we just got to try to manage that as best as we can. And again, I, I don't want to, and I know you don't want to use the uh, the schedule as an excuse, but it, it, is it compounded by the fact that just two weeks ago you had the short week as well, and it all kind of adds up as you go along on the body? Well, I mean, absolutely it's difficult, but, you know, I think there's pretty much every team is, is dealing with or is going to have to deal with, um, you know, difficult timing in their schedule, and that's just, that's not something that we can control, um, to be quite honest with you, once the season starts, uh, you know, that's out of your hands. So um, we just got to do, we got to make do the best we can with the cards that we're dealt. And, and right now it's it's short prep weeks. And, um, you know, again, that's not anything that we can worry about and can't, can't let it affect us on the field. We just got to go out there and, 
and be prepared to play the best that we can for every single game. And, um, you know, again, if you're worried about those things that you can't really control, you're not going to be playing very good football. So uh, we're certainly not using that as an excuse. Um, again, all the teams are going to have to deal with it at some point in time. Uh, so we just we got to be prepared to play and come out and play our best brand of football on Thursday. Talking with Eskimo quarterback Mike Riley tonight on the Eskimo Show. Mike, go back to when it was 31-6 for the Eskimos against Hamilton three games ago. In your mind, what's gone wrong with the offense since that point? Because you've struggled to move the ball and put up points. Yeah, I mean, we came out in that game and we executed very well uh, early in the game. And, and, you know, we haven't gotten back to that level uh, since, you know, the third quarter of that football game. And, um, you know, I can't really put my finger on it. You know, we have the same players and, and same, uh, you know, concepts offensively and things like that are just our execution level has fallen off and, and our discipline has been lacking a bit. You know, we've taken some bad penalties in areas where, you know, we've we've put ourselves in a bad situation. We've had big plays called back. Um, that would put us down into the red zone. And then when we've been down in the red zone, we've had penalties that have killed the drives and cost us the opportunity to put touchdowns on the board. And and then there's just other opportunities where there's, uh, you know, chances to make plays and, and we haven't made them at all positions. Uh, you know, open guys that we're missing, um, you know, or, or different things like that. And it's just stuff that we got to clean up because obviously when we do execute at a high level, um, we're a very dangerous offense, but we haven't been that way for uh, you know a number of weeks now. And, and whatever it takes to get back to that level, we got to get that figured out and make sure that it happens. Uh, easy question to ask, probably tough to answer. How do you fix execution? Yeah, I mean, it's it, we don't have to you know rewrite the playbook or anything like that. Obviously, the stuff that we're doing works as long as we we execute. And again, you said it's. You know, it's a tough question to answer. How do you how do you up that level? I'm not entirely sure. The only thing that I know what to do is to come in and and to to put in every hour that you can. And the only way I've ever known how to fix something when it's wrong is just to work as hard as I can. Um, and I think that's the mindset that all of our guys have. You know, I, I don't think that anybody is is happy with where we're at, and, and certainly no one's content with just letting it be that way and expecting things to just change just because. Um, you know, you got to come in and you got to work at it. And uh, that's the approach that I'm taking. That's the approach that all of our guys are taking. And, um, you know, I expect that hard work to pay off. I expect it all to click and, and to come together, um, you know, and, and that's our that's our goal. So we're certainly, you know, going to do whatever it takes. Um, and right now we're, we're kind of searching for those answers. But, uh, again, I don't think there's anything major or drastic that has to change other than us just, making sure the concentration is there uh, and the understanding during certain points in the game when, when things need to happen, that guys walk in and dial in and make sure that they do their job. Um, you know, just it's, it's football. There's 12 guys on the field. It takes all 12 guys to do their job uh, on every single play, and if you have one little breakdown, um, it ruins the entire play. And, and so, again, I don't think it's been one glaring issue where it's one certain area that continues to break down. We all have had breakdowns uh, at different times. And, again, you get that one individual situation that happens in the game of football and, and you know, it's game-changing and it stalls your drive or, or it, uh, you know, costs you points. And so we just got to make sure that we're all, uh, you know, pushing in the same direction and make sure that, uh, you know, we can limit those, those mistakes because that's ultimately what costs you wins. 
I'm not sure, Mike, what your breakdown is percentage-wise of when, you, when you're watching video and preparing for a game of, of watching the other team's defense and, and watching your offense. But in this situation where you, you want your execution to improve, do you, do you spend more time maybe looking at yourself and what you can change in, in the way you guys play compared to looking at the other team's defense? Um, well, I mean, it just depends on how much time you have. Again, if it's a long week, um, you know, if you play on Thursday and your next game Saturday, you can spend more time watching your own self on film. Um, you know, given the current week that it is and it being so short, you don't have a ton of extra time to be able to do that type of stuff. But um, I've already watched our past game a couple of times, as I know the rest of our guys on the team have. Um, but there does come a point where you know you gotta you gotta move on from it. Um, you want to you want to learn from your past mistakes. Obviously, that's why we watch the film. But uh, you know, just as with when you win, you don't sit there and pat yourself on the back. Um, you know, you got to move on to the next game. So the preparation has been all about Montreal. They have a very good defense, and and we got to make sure that we're ready to go. Uh, to play against them. So, you know, you certainly don't want to make the same mistakes, but you also want to be really prepared for the next game you're playing. So it's it's a fine balancing act, but, um, you know, I think we, we know how to handle that. Uh, is it, uh, I guess, the good news from the game on Saturday is the way the defense played. They, I, I thought, had their best all-round performance of the season on Saturday night. Absolutely. I, I thought they played great. I think that they're improving every week. And, um, you know, early in the year, our offense was was clicking and firing on all cylinders and our defense was you know trying to get up to speed um and it's kind of flip-flopped the, the last uh, probably two weeks and our defense has played really well and and we've been misfiring offensively so um if we can get it all together where our offense and defense are both playing at their highest level uh we're going to be a very good football team but until that time comes we're going to continue to struggle so that's that's the the battle every week is to try to make sure that you're playing well as a team um, you know, obviously we know that the potential is there on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, it's just we got to come together and, and start playing well collectively. And, you know, we can we can make that happen. And once we do, uh, you know, we're going to be on the other end of the scoreboard with, uh, you know, those wins and losses. But um, we got we got to do whatever it takes to make sure that that happens. Mike Riley, appreciate your time as always tonight. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on, Morley. 25 of 41, 61% completion rate, 255 yards. No touchdown passes for Mike Riley on Saturday. First time in 12 games. Uh, an 11-game streak comes to an end where he hadn't hadn't thrown a touchdown pass. Uh, so that didn't happen for the first time. Also for the first time uh, after going uh, eight straight games with 300-plus yards, uh, he did not hit the 300-yard mark. He would have tied a CFL record if he had uh, done it on Saturday. Those two streaks come to an end. Unfortunately for everyone involved, uh, the losing streak does not come to an end. It goes to three games with the loss in Ottawa. Montreal is coming up on Thursday night. Uh, we'll talk more about the Eskimos offense when we return. We'll hear from Eskimos receiver Darrell Walker coming up to 848 on uh, the Eskimos show here on 630 Chet. You're listening to the Eskimos show on Eskimos radio, 630 Chet. Next up on the Eskimo Show, it's Eskimos receiver Darrell Walker joining us now. And uh, Darrell, um, I imagine it's uh, been a tough couple of days since that game in Ottawa on Saturday for the offense, just uh, searching for some answers and searching for how to get that consistency back in your game. Uh, most definitely. Um, well, um, definitely definitely trying to figure out uh, a way to keep it rolling and get it, pick, us, pick our guys up and you know continue to play fast. Um, it's been a tough, tough, tough couple of days, like you just said, but, um, you know, we have another opponent 
that we play this week. So, you know, we have to put that behind us and get ready for this, this what's, next game. What's happened in your mind going back to, you know, that Hamilton game? I mean, you guys, the offense, the first three games of the year and into that Hamilton game was, was very good, firing on all cylinders, scoring a lot of points, moving the football. Uh, and then suddenly it just disappeared, uh, or so it seemed for the last, uh, I guess, ten quarters. You guys have had trouble putting points up on the board. Can you you put your finger on what has gone wrong? Uh, just just not executing the game plan and um, uh, killing ourselves with penalties. Um, you know, we uh, we uh, kill a lot of big plays with our penalty, with having penalties. Um, so we have to limit the penalties and you know continue to come out and execute. As soon as we do that, then I, I feel like we'll be back on track. I know you don't want to point any fingers and everything, but how frustrating and how, how tough was it to deal with? You know, you had the, the huge play in the game on Saturday, called back by a penalty. How difficult is it to, to get up and head back to the huddle and, you know, go back 10 yards or 5 yards, whatever the case may be, and try and do it all over again? Uh, it's tough, but, you know, you have to keep moving forward. So, um, you know, you have to put the, the – if there's a negative play, negative play, you have to put that behind you and keep moving forward. You know, you can't can't vast on, on – um, can't vast or dwell on, you know, what just happened. You know, you have to keep moving forward because there's still a lot of clock in this game to a lot of time to win this ball game. Uh, what's your take on, on where the Eskimos are right now? You're two and four. You've lost three in a row. Obviously things, especially lately, haven't gone the way you are, but you're a third of the way into the season. A lot of changes from coaching staff right down to some of the players. Uh, just give me your take on, on the Edmonton Eskimos 2016, one-third of the way in. Uh, there's still a lot, of, like you said, one-third of the way in. Um, there's still a lot of season left, so you know, um, still a lot of time to redeem myself and you know to show that we're a great team. And I, I guess that's the thing everyone has to remember, right? It's one third gone, but there's two thirds left still. Marathon, not exactly. a sprint, right? Exactly, exactly. It doesn't matter how you start; it all comes down to how you finish. So, you know, um, we're going to figure this out, and um, you know, get a, try to get this thing going as soon as possible. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. How physical of a football game was that on Saturday night? Uh, well, every game is pretty physical, but, you know, that game came down to, you know, the end of the game. So, you know, it was a pretty physical game. Um, everybody was being hit, you know, a lot of blocking. And, uh, just, it was just a big-time game, really, you know, just to, for bragging rights as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, not, much, not much more to be said. It was just, you know, the guys was hitting, you know, a lot of flying around guys playing with a lot of emotion so you know um you know it was a very it was a really really tough game and not a lot of time to recover from it with the short week this week what's your process to go through to get your body ready to play again on thursday night um sleep me rest you have to you have to get as much rest as you can because you know um you still have to work throughout the week so you have to take care of your body um hot tub cold tubs get some treatment or whatnot and just rest, really, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a massage guy, too? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Have to get that. Have to. Every week. <laughs> and uh, and a short week makes it tough. You've had two short weeks in the last three weeks of play, so it kind of I would imagine it kind of compounds a little bit as you get set to go into this one on Thursday. Uh, yeah, well, you know, this is our schedule, so we have to make do with what we have, so... You know, regardless of all that, we have to come out and play. They're not. And our, they're not going to yeah, change. Our objective is to win, right? Yeah, they're not going to change the schedule for you, right? So you got to exactly. just, you gotta so, just you keep know, doing it. Uh, talk, you got to make do what you have. Talk about the the Alouettes uh, defense uh, that you're facing on Thursday night. Uh, they, they got good pressure up front. Uh, uh, tell me about first off, I guess their their defensive backs and the guys you're you're going to have to go up against. 
Uh, they have a lot of great guys over there. Um, we haven't installed the game plan yet. I'm really looking forward to that. And as soon as we start installing the game plan, then we'll watch, you know, check in and watch uh, and see what exactly they're doing. So as far as that goes, um, you know, they're professionals as well. So, you know, they have a lot of great guys over there that can play football. So as far as that goes, I'm looking forward to this game. And um, I'm excited about it. What's you know you talk about execution and, and we talked to Mike Riley earlier tonight too as well and, and he talked about the execution has to get better uh, in, uh, for the Eskimos offensively. Where's your your mix on on studying defense and and looking at yourself to try and fix the execution issue? Uh, is it a fine line that you have to walk? Um, as far as execution, you know you have to you have to spend time watching watching your opponent, you know. How do you know what your opponent's going to do if you're not watching, you know, studying? So as far as that goes, you have to study your game plan that's put in every week. And, you know, just by execution, just come out and executing the game plan as far as that goes. And just executing and doing your job. Don't worry about, you know, you should be not too much worried about what your brother beside you is going to be doing. You should be knowing that he's going to do his job as well. So it's just accountability. So as far as that goes, when, when we start executing, then we, we, I feel like I, I everything get- will fall into place. I guess the better you know your your opposition, the better execution, the better you can execute by knowing what what's in store. Exactly. Just just have to, you know, it takes time. So you know, we're gonna get this thing rolling soon. Hopefully, um, as soon as possible. Actually, um, I'm really looking forward and excited for this game this week. Um, fortunately, um, we're actually able to put the last week game behind us. So. You know, we have no choice but to get ready for this next opponent. Uh, last one for you. We're talking with Darrell Walker, Eskimos receiver. Have you noticed teams playing you differently this year? You came in week six last year and probably took a lot of guys by surprise uh, and then built a pretty good resume through the rest of the year. And then early this year, you've led the league in, in receiving for a lot of the year. Are, are teams playing you differently this year? Uh, I, w- I would say so um, as far as guys throwing a lot a lot of different schemes to the boundaries for me and the Darius. But as far as that goes, um, we have a great coaching staff that will, you know, give us a great game plan to, to get around that. So I'm not too much worried about what, what defenses will throw at us because I know that our coaching staff will figure out a way, you know, for us to win that game or for us to come out and execute regardless. All right, great stuff, Jarell. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Thank you. Have a good one. Our thanks to Darrell Walker, along with uh, Blake Dermott, Mike Riley, and Elmondo Sewell tonight on the Eskimos show. Uh, Eskimos uh, look to end a three-game losing streak Thursday night at Commonwealth Stadium on the Brick Field. They'll take on the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, ticket information at the Eskimos website. We'll have it for you here, beginning with the pregame show at 5.30. My name's Morley Scott. Have a great night, everybody.